the TBT is a $1 million tournament. 64 teams get selected, and there's only one winner. Welcome to another D3 Datacast. I'm Zach Snyder, joined by my co-host, Matt Snyder. And today in the big box, we have Mike Raniak joining us. How you doing, Mike? Phenomenal. I'm excited to be here. This has been on my radar. Bucket list checked. You're still hanging awesome, in there with awesome. those toothpicks, which is great to see, you know, from, from Hoopsville. So I'm glad to see that. I got, I got addicted to them after, after Invisalign, and now I, get, I don't chew gum anymore. I chew flavored toothpicks. What's, what's the flavor of the night? Uh, let's see, we got a, a lovely uh, spearmint for your dry mouth, which Perfect. Nice. going into July 4th, you got to have a hydrated mouth. Awesome. All right, so just by way of quick introduction, you know, uh, as I was thinking about it, I'm not sure if there's anyone who has touched the Division Three basketball world in as many different ways as you. So just a, a quick rundown. You were um, a player. You were a graduate assistant. You were an assistant coach. You were a head coach. You currently work like in the recruiting space. You're currently a top 25 voter. Uh, and so we see you on Hoopsville giving some thoughts on your top 25 ballot. And you are also the general manager and head coach of the We Are D3 team in the basketball tournament. That, that, that just about covers it. I don't know if there's like a, an AD job opening out there that you need to you, you know, get involved with or, or if there's anything I was missing. I, I, don't, I don't know. No, Is no, that no, the... that's, that's good. But I, I think I'll stay on this coaching side of the fence. I'm not going to go over to the dark side um, quite yet, like some of my colleagues have done. But I'll, I'll stay where I'm at. I'm, I'm good. But, yeah, I did check off pretty much all the boxes there pretty much. <laughs> has thrown all of it. So that makes you pretty uniquely qualified, I think, to speak to just the general uh, state of the Division Three basketball world. I, I, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts, maybe some lasting uh, thoughts on this previous season and just where Division Three basketball is uh, currently yeah. versus, you know, where you've seen it come from over those years that you've been involved? I think um, pretty much the evolution of just how te how teams are assembled. And I think the, um, the awareness of division three and how good the basketball is, has come throughout my time um, back in late nineties to now has been pretty crazy. And I think largely like, just like all of us, like we're doing this from our offices at home or wherever, but like, just the internet has made the world that much smaller. So like, I think like division three schools that necessarily don't have a budget to fly everywhere. Like the division ones have, um, they could do a lot of recruiting from their desk and watching film and things like that. So it just kind of amplified the division. Uh, I think over what has been, and you, you guys and I have talked about this, like just the last, year last couple years because of the COVID thing has been so weird with like the transfers and affecting teams and I think that's a whole new dynamic that you know I think is going to now start to phase out but I don't know like I think some schools have really found some niches where like hey if you get a really good recruit that has a year come aboard we'll bring you you know and like continue to reload that way um I think what has been interesting to further that, you know, kind of along the same lines, but not, but just the transferring, transferring up a level, transferring down a level, the whole transfer portal now is starting to really affect us as well. 
um, which has been something that I never thought would happen. Um, but I think like that's where teams that, you know, it's be interesting going into the top 25 this year, teams that weren't on our radar are going to be on our radar teams that are typically powerhouses. I think, you know, you know, some of them might, might get gutted um, just because of, you know, high octane players transferring up a division. So it's a very unique situation, but I think the division overall is in a really good spot as far as quality of basketball. I, I still firmly believe like, um, like you either go division one or division three in my mind. Um, and, and that's, that's my own personal preference and personal view, but I think you're starting to even see D2 schools start to become division ones. D2s start to come division threes. Division two is shrinking significantly. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think it, it's pretty crazy, but it's, it's a pretty cool time in division three basketball. Uh, yeah. So looking ahead, like what do you, what, what are some things or maybe some storylines or teams or is there anything that you think, uh, is really top of mind for you coming into next season. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't expect you to have a, uh, a top 25, 365 days a year, like Bob Quillman probably does, <laughs> but, um, you know, eventually here you'll have to start thinking about it. Is there anything, you know, there. I know this is, this is really early, but just kind of looking ahead because it's fun. Uh, I think, yeah. I think just probably the most recent storyline. And I think we, we talked about is, um, coach Kane from Keene state moving to Johns Hopkins. Yep. I think that that's, very because both of those programs are in good shape they really right. are so like you know and i think um early on like you know keen state obviously has some great players coming back yep. um and i think like they proved themselves um so i think that they're in for a deep run and whoever gets that job i think uh don't mess it up no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, no, it's, it's easy, easier said than done right sure but like you know, I think like it, that's that's storyline that I was thinking about over the last week, how that plays out. Um, I think um, just the typical powerhouses, like I'm very interested to see um, Oshkosh again. Like they they like I love just kind of seeing like every time Coach Lewis, you know, I think like maybe they're reloading. They're not. They, 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 they just like have players that already in waiting, you know. Um, so I think like that's interesting. I think that. Uh, CCIW, um, I think the Texas schools are now starting to really emerge. Um, a lot of good kind of stuff, but just overall, I, I think some some new, very basic storylines as we start to get more and more recruit commits and, you know, kind of who's transferring where, like Case Western picked up another grad transfer and things like that, which I know is a big time player. So um, I think it will start to shake out, especially once we start to get those season previews and recruit commits and things like that as we start to see them on our radar. Yeah, one, one storyline I was interested in, and you kind of touched on this, is how the transfer aspect in Division Three is going to affect the landscape. Um, I think the transfer portal is going to be here to stay in Division Three, but I think there's two aspects to that. There's the COVID fifth year, like grad transfer things, um, and I think Case Western, you highlighted it. They seem to be going gangbusters to get those fifth-year players, uh, players that played at other Division threes or higher levels that have one more year left. Uh, go start your graduate degree at a really good school and play Division three basketball. Um, so I, I'm not sure how, you know, they're going to ride this for the next couple of years and then it's going to end. I don't know how that's going to go for Case Western after this. Um, but I still think with this culture of transfer portal in college basketball, uh, you know, for good or bad, I think there's definitely both to it. 
Uh, I think we're going to still see some Division three players. They have a really good maybe freshman or sophomore year, and then they're going to look for, you know, what's a Division one opportunity. And I think that's the stuff that's going to be here to stay. Um, you did kind of mention that. I don't know if you have any further perspectives on what you see for, like, the transfer portal in the coming years, even once yeah, COVID ends up. I, and just, like, kind of my background, I'm, I'm like, also – my my full-time job also not only with TBT and everything is is recruiting specialists so I talk with a lot of families about basketball recruiting and I really hope and I'm old school but I really hope division three is not start to be viewed as as just a hey I'm gonna go here for one year I'm gonna kill it and then I'm gonna leave um, we've started to see that over the last couple of years at low major division ones like for instance I remember for instance, University of Maine had a great recruiting class. They, they, they recruited the rookie of the year, and then the next year, all gone. And then they go, oh, and like whatever, or like they have a bad season. And I don't want to see that kind of fluctuation happen where, you know, a coach does his due diligence. He does the recruiting where maybe um, the student athlete might have gone to a higher level. But I, I do hope there's – some sort of culture of loyalty, but I think that's up to the coach and the program to create that. It's one thing if you graduate early and you're going to a master's degree and your school doesn't have a graduate program, completely get it. I just don't want to see division three just become like this feeder program where the D twos and division ones just start poaching because we did our job and you didn't do yours. <laughs> um, so like, you know, not, not for nothing. And, and like all these, like, the D3 coaches spend their countless summers. Like there's tournaments going on this weekend yeah. where like I'm fortunate enough to be home with my family. Whereas if I was still coaching, I would be at some random town in Pennsylvania seeing an AAU tournament, like from 8 AM to 5 PM. And I'm doing my job recruiting. I just don't want division three to do, to be, just become a feeder system like that. I do think it's going to happen, but I think like that's where, I'm going to challenge the D3 coaches out there. Don't let it happen. <laughs> create a culture of loyalty and then make this student athlete have a good experience. Because if they do, then why would you leave? Yeah. You know? Now, one of the, the things that we've, we've seen that uh, can happen for a Division three athlete is there is the possibility of a professional career. And uh, it's kind of those that you have been targeting to put together the we are d3 squad for uh the basketball tournament um which let's just let's just uh give a little bit of an introduction to what exactly the basketball tournament is because i feel like uh you know the we are d3 program has been ro rolling for a few years but i feel like every year there's more and more people that uh just find out about it for the first time i'll be honest i, I think i was maybe vaguely aware kind of in the early years and it's just been uh basically since uh the covid break um that I became a little bit more involved in what was going on. Uh, so if you could just give a brief explanation of what is TBT and then uh, kind of the, the history uh, briefly yeah. of uh, we are D3 coming together and um, you know, how it's grown. Uh, this is, this is going to be the fifth tournament that yeah. you'll be participating in coming up. So the TBT in short is a $1 million tournament. The 64 teams get selected and there's only one winner um obviously yeah it's pretty much everybody in professional basketball or in the arena um because there are some elite high schoolers that will be going into the nba draft that will be in there 
um, pretty much those elite players that aren't in the NBA. So we have players that are in Europe, players that are playing in Australia, Mexico, the G League, every other professional venue is the best of the best. A lot of former NBA guys that aren't on contract are in it. So the fact that we have a seat at the table is huge um, to uh, to kind of showcase uh, the players' talents. Now, kind of how I got involved with it, it, it really goes back to my time when I was an assistant at Amherst College. And this was back in the uh, mid-2000s, like 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11. And I had the opportunity, and I was blessed to coach Andrew Olson, who was National Player of the Year, and Aaron Toomey. I helped recruit and helped coach. Um, and they had phenomenal careers. And, and, and I got to see some really awesome players at this level. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like these are some of the best players that I've ever seen at, at, as a young coach. And I was like, when they were becoming – when they graduated, like I remember Andrew Olson when he graduated, this is the best player our division has to offer. And he's not even getting a sniff from any overseas team, nothing. I made calls. We helped make calls. Coach Hickson was was emailing left and right and, and just couldn't get anything. And and just I was like, oh my gosh. And to me was the same. It was, it was just trying to just, uh, from what I hear, I didn't graduate, uh, coach him in senior year, but you know, he was obviously a phenomenal player too. And, uh, uh, shout out to university of Hartford. Great year this year. Uh, but anyways, um, he, he, he just trying to get these D three players pro opportunities flash forward, maybe about, you know, 2018, I'm sitting on my couch with, with, uh, with another coach, um, you know, and we're having having some brewskis and we're watching this TBT like in the summer and we're like, oh, my God, what is this? And it's like, you know, I was like, I really think this is a great opportunity for having some of the D3 best players showcase their talents to prove. Because I've always had this just like you guys, like we're all struggling, swimming against the, swing, the stream here to try and try and you know, prove, disprove myths and thing, things like that. And I was like, I think we can do it if we have some really good D3 players. And basically started making calls. Very fortunate. Year one, you know, we, we had a great group. Um, and we've kind of just kept it going on from there. The only year we didn't do it was the COVID year because I wasn't going to, at that stage of the time, like TBT was the first group to think of about a bubble. And I wasn't going to bring the team to a bubble when the pandemic was going on. So, but yeah, so flash forward five years from now, um, it's been a great avenue for players to get a voice and to showcase their talents. That's why we do it. Yes, the million dollars would be nice, but right now we're just trying to beat Kansas. So it is what it is. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, you know, really the, the, you know, I think a lot of D3 fans see the We Are D3 name come up at TBT time, but but uh, what I think both of us have learned from hearing from you um, out of over the past year or so is that really kind of the We Are D3 is a larger 
banner over division three basketball. That's more than just, you know, this one game or this one tournament. Uh, but there's a lot you're doing. I, I know that you've talked about running uh, combines. So it's not just about this team, but an opportunity for other players to come together and then, you know, be seen by some scouts uh, and, and just give greater visibility that goes even beyond the, you know, 10, 12, 13, whatever the roster is for that particular year. And I think like that's where like at the end of what I saw, you know, four years, okay, you graduate. What happens with that elite player that wants to go play pro? So like literally, you know, expanding, like we've now made, we are D3, you know, we're now a business. So like, um, you know, we have an LLC, we're going to be looking at, you know, running pro combines next summer. Um, and to kind of give a voice, cause like I can only take like 10 to 12 guys and not for nothing. Like I hope TBT goes forever, but like, I don't know. I, I think we might like what happens, like if it doesn't, I still want to provide opportunities for players to have that, um, to be able to showcase their skill set. Cause like I said, you know, D3 versus everybody, we are always overlooked. So to give them a voice to showcase their talents. Um, that's what I'm in the business here for now. Okay. Thanks for jumping in there, Matt. Uh, so let's, let's take a little segue here in the middle, just to, uh, have you speak to people, let them know how they can support, uh, we are D3, the efforts, you know, I've got, I know you've got the merch sh uh, shop. You mentioned D3 versus everybody. I've got my hat here. Uh, I, I don't think that? it's currently available, but I've got my, my I basketball heart D3, which uh, I think was the previous campaign you guys had running. Limited, limited um, edition. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and this was speaking to me. So I jumped right on that and glad I did because I don't, I, I was on the sh uh, shop earlier today and I don't, I don't think you can get that one anymore. Um, so, uh, you know, the merch is available. We will put a link in the show notes so everyone can check that out. Are there other ways that people can support, uh, the, we are yeah, D3 really, really just that, like, like, I mean, any donations, like we'll be doing a campaign a little bit, but like, um, when it comes to just the team and the, the players, my goal, um, my staff and I, like Coach Harris, uh, Coach Clark, you know, we have an intern this year, and Solomon Newhouse, who plays at SUNY New Falls. We have a, a content with Maggie Gehring. Like, we have a staff, but we take zero cuts from it. Um, all of it goes towards the players where it covers, you know, housing when they're at TBT, the, the meals and just providing a good experience. So any help um, is appreciated. We'll be on our socials like at we are D3 TBT on Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, that is, if you refresh your feed, not quite <laughs> like to the 600, whatever limit, which was driving me nuts. But, you know, like, you know, we'll it'll be out there. We'll put it out there. But like the gear store is a great opportunity. We typically do a new shirt um, every quarter. Um, so we kind of, you know, keep it up to date there. And it's kind of a nice little nod. Um, I got to figure out a cool new slogan for, for this this fall. But, you know, I'll leave that up to Coach Harris from U UMass Boston. He comes up with some good ones. Um, so let's run yeah, down the, the roster yeah. for this year, uh, if that's okay. Just looking at the mm -hmm. team as we as we go ahead um, i'll just run down the list as i have it you can give me any corrections and i'll mention their d3 stop i think a few players had like a little bit of d3 and d1 time maybe in there uh, but you've got a few returners uh, adam fravert from uw oshkosh uh, riley hayes from catholic daniel rosenbaum from pomona pitzer and jordan robinson from north park um, and then some new players 
Buzz Anthony from Randolph-Macon, uh, Demetrius Underwood, UT Dallas, Marcus Azor, uh, Mass Dartmouth, Malik Lorquet, um, UMass Boston, Philip Flory, Stevens Point, Josh Treadwell, Rutgers Newark, Jacob Bates from Center, Ty Nichols, Keene State, and Cedric Harris from Centenary. Um, I, th I think that that's the list as I have it. You can give me any corrections. Um, yeah, no. Um, the late ad was Cedric Harris literally like yesterday okay. um, because unfortunately Daniel Rosenbaum can't be with us. He had a family issue. So that was the late swap um, there. And, and Cedric, you know, we had him on our radar a long time. It's just, it's just sometimes it's just a log jam with the amount of players that are out there. And the amount of players, you know, kudos to D3, how it's grown. But, you know, what separates one player of the year from another player of the year and things on those lines. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we go into it. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much a solid squad of 12. Solid squad, squad of 12 this year that I'm looking forward to coaching for sure. So what goes into the roster construction? Um, obviously, you've got to look for talented players. You've got to look for players who are interested um, in, in playing. You've got to look for guys that will go together and make a team. Um, there's probably a bunch of other stuff that I'm not thinking of. How do you go about with your coaching staff constructing these rosters for the tournament? Yeah, so we have a list of – it's an ongoing list in a, in a, in a, in a Google Drive that of all the players that are playing professional somewhere. Um, or And then also rising seniors that we got to keep up to date with that are going to play. So, like, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, one thing, obviously talent's a piece of it, but I do like, like our name says, we are D3. I don't want it just to be NESCAC, UAA, D3. Um, like if, if it goes to be like that, fine. But like, I want to, I, I do want an eclectic mix. I, I think that's important. I think obviously, um, versatility is important. Um, and I think like uh every i treat every year almost like a different season because the roster flips over because there's times where like for instance demers will be playing this year but demers is rehabbing a hip injury so everybody's like well why don't you have demers it's not because i don't want him it's because he's got to take care of his body like and and there's things like where um certain players are like uh jack davidson out of um out of wabash love him He's still playing in Australia, so he can't play with us yet. Um, so there's a lot of things like we go, we know of everybody typically, for the most part. Might miss one or two, but we have a good handle on it. And now it's kind of piecing together. All right, do you have the talent? Do I feel like you can um, contribute? Um, what's your background? It's the normal kind of recruiting stuff, how you are as a character, like what's your, what's your personality like? Um, do I feel like you'll take advantage of this opportunity? Because I think it is pretty cool that you have a chance to showcase your stuff on ESPN. Because not for nothing, none of us have ever played on ESPN. So, like, I think that's pretty sweet. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it. And then we all kind of sit almost in a think tank and, like, you know, what, what do you guys think? How do we feel like this vibe? What's going to be the tempo of our, uh, what's going to be the, the motto of our team or what's going to be the makeup? Cause I do believe it's, it's kind of like, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, as a team, like what's, 
what's kind of the best way to go with it because it, it, there's so many different ways you can go with it. And depending on the personality of the team um, and things on those lines. But there's a lot that goes into it. Overall, versatility, talent, eclectic mix, essentially. Okay, so that makes, uh, you know, correcting for Rosenbaum there, that, so that's only three returning uh, from previous We Are D3 teams. Now, you mentioned there's a couple injury situations, but I, I think for people who have followed the team last year, you know, results-wise was a bit of a step back from some of the really competitive mm -hmm. games that you've played. So how, does that factor in a little bit in there being so much new blood on this this roster? Bit, or, uh, do you, or do you think it's pretty typical? No, a little bit. A little bit of both. I, th I think it's a little bit of both. I, th I think we, I think we need a little bit of change at certain positions. Um, I think also, you know, going, it was unfortunate last year, like Demers and Eric Smith had some injuries going into training camp and they were two of our heavy hitters. And, and you could see like, it was uh, unfortunately, like it just, they, 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 they just had an off game um, because they've obviously shown it on the big stage before. Um, it just was, yeah. it was kind of a weird kind of, kind of team and, and, it, and right, wrong or indifferent leading up to that game, we won our scrimmage against a couple, uh, against two, uh, one against Everline drive, which, uh, is a phenomenal program that they run in TBT. We, uh, Demers won the three point competition. Our scrimmages were great and we just picked a bad night, quite frankly, to have a bad night and boy, was it bad, but yeah. You know, like that's, you know, like you're going to have those. Um, I think there was, I wanted to give also my staff and I wanted to give some opportunities to some players that were lying and waiting. And, um, you know, Buzz was one of those ones that we really wanted to have with us. I think coming out of college to TBT is very difficult because you're basically 21 playing against a 28-year-old NBA veteran. That's vastly stark. You need to, what I found in TBT is you need to have at least a, a year just playing pro, just getting a little bit more seasoned with being a professional. Um, I think that that's important um, because if you just come in fresh like that, uh, just, just off experience alone, it's going to be tough. So um, this year you're playing uh, against Mass Street who's essentially a Kansas alumni team is my understanding. You know, last year you played a Wichita alumni team in the past. You've played a Syracuse and UCLA alum, alumni team. Um, so you mentioned looking for experience, professional experience, playing against older, bigger bodies. That's gotta be a big challenge playing against players who've played D one in Europe and maybe some, a cup of coffee in the NBA or more. Um, is that the biggest challenge is just the, the size, the physicality of the game? Or is there, is there something else that is maybe more difficult for, for a D3 background to go up against some of these D1 background guys? You know, you know, you could, we could say it's like size and physicality. I, 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 just, I think a lot of it is just the experience piece. If, you're, if you come from a winning program and I feel like you're, you kind of have that, in, I think you're fine. I think if you're kind of like middle of the road and, and you don't have those experiences where um, you're in a dog fight with the whole, like, for instance, 20,000 just really hating on you. How are you going to react? Like, uh, I mean, so I think that's where that edge that some of the TBT pros have that D3, like, how do we quantify that? Right. So like, I think like that's where, 
when it comes to making the team, we do a lot of like, believe it or not, like a lot of psychoanalytical questions and things like that to these players as we're kind of getting shaking it down, like in, you know, just kind of really seeing where their head's at. So like when like we are in like Coke Arena in Wichita playing Wichita State, mentally you are in a good position to continue to do your job. And, and I think that's the most probably difficult thing to quantify when you're making the team. Um, because you can be talented all, you know, up and down, but if you crumble mentally in that situation, um, I've seen it happen and I've seen people rise to the occasion. So that's very tough to quantify. I, I think size, you know, there's also a reason I always say this to the team. There's a reason why some of these Kansas players aren't in the NBA. We just got to figure out that reason and expose it. So like, that's where, um, that's my and my staff's job to figure that out. And I think that's where with us versatility to kind of is, is important. Like we, we're never going to have a prototypical center. It's just not going to happen at division three because you're comparing a six, six center at the D three level to a seven, two center from Kansas. We got to be versatile and you got, we're not going to be throwing it in the post and banging it down low. Maybe once, but not the whole game. So, like, I think, like, that's also an adjustment, just kind of the way we play and coach. Yeah, usually those 7-2 guys get uh, scholarship offers before they get D3 offers. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> like, or four or five. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're coordinated or not. If, you know, if they can touch the rim flat-footed, then, uh, hey, you know, some coach out there is going to think that they can get it out of them, right? Yep. It, if you can chew gum and walk and you're like above like seven foot, sure. Here's, here's 30 grand a year. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So yeah, a little, little different situation here with, uh, you know, kind of the grassroots approach that you've, uh, you've had with, we, we are D three here. So mastery, as I was reading is organized by the NIL collective at the university of Kansas for their uh, student athletes. So kind of uh, a little different organizational background behind, uh, behind these, uh, these teams. Um, a little, a little interesting uh, matchup there. Uh, yeah. So as as Matt mentioned, there's there's some NBA players, including uh, former top five pick Thomas Robinson. You know, you're you're gonna have some good players, but I don't think you have any uh, former lottery picks on your squad there. No, but you know, like I was, I'm I'm looking at their, I have their, I have their scout literally to my other screen here. Um, not to not to get on my. Yes, you were a top five lottery pick, but you're also like 32 now. So like, not for nothing. I'm not a great athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but I know when 32 hit like right around thirties, like, I don't care if you're a pro or not, like knees start to go, you know, and things like that. Like they're a team, like, like they have a player, um, you know, Keith Langford, who was very talented. I think he was player of the year in their conference to, to big 12, or if they were part of the big 12 back then, but he's now 39. Like, so like not for nothing, like these are, they're, they're going to be physical, but um, more so mental. Like uh, they have a lot of experience, but like I said, there are, they're a little bit on the older side. Like I think our oldest might be maybe Fravor, maybe Fravor at, at like, and he's like a young pup. He's like 26, I think maybe 25, 26. So the age gap is going to be <laughs> very unique, but yeah, no lottery picks here. No lie, we have we have players that played in countries that you don't even we I forget Albania even existed 
like for Jordan Robinson, like, and he crushed it over there. I always confuse. It's either Armenia or Albania. I think it's Albania. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so do you do you have an idea? Uh, you have it kind of penciled out what you expect to maybe do, be a starting rotation, and, and you know, and and you know, some of the first guys off the bench. Now I'm not necessarily expecting yeah, you to, no. to break that news now, because because. You know, the reason I ask is because you guys are going to be going, you have a little bit of a training camp. So how much do you kind of pre-plan what you think is going to happen and then allow that training camp to maybe dictate uh, how how things actually go? Yeah, I, I think I always go with, and there's been, I, I like in um, Fravor, um, the returners, like Fravor's coming back for year three. His impact moment last year was different than the first year he was with us. So and I, and I, so it's very difficult for me to kind of pencil out and things like that because with training camp hits and we practice for a full week straight, that's what training camp's for. It's not to evaluate you. It's trying to pe- put the pieces together that play the best. Yeah. I let typically everything kind of settle um, through there, and I try not to go with any con- preconceived notions. Um, like obviously Fravor, I know as a player, cause I've coached him a couple times and I respect him and how he carries himself and things like that. But if he doesn't show up at training camp and perform, it's not like I'm just going to play him just off of loyalty. So like, I, I really allow the players to, and when I'm talking with them, bring him to the team, we have a team of 12. I'm probably only going to play eight to nine. So right. it's your job as a professional to show up as best as you can, play to the best of your ability, um, play with your teammates, and that's what's going to win your way to getting minutes, essentially. Um, but I really try not to go with any preconceived notions or who's going to play because, to be honest, like Cedric Harris is an unbelievable player. He just lacked exposure because he went to Centenary College of Louisiana. Like, and, and he's six six shooter. Jordan Robinson led all of Albania in efficiency. So Josh Treadwell played it, had a cup of coffee at Rutgers Newark, played at, at a Coppin state and trains with Kyrie Irving. So like, and Malik Larroquette, he's just a, he's a dunker, but he's like our Christian Leitner of the group. So he's going to come in hungry. And so like, it's, it's very difficult to kind of pick. Um, cause I love all of them. I think all of them are great players. I love watching them when they were at division three. Um, cause like, just like you guys, I watched so many games like Marcus Azor and Buzz Anthony, same grad year, phenomenal guards at the lead spot, vastly different, different game, game. Yeah. yeah, but very cool to have them on the team together. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to them either playing alongside each other, battling it out. It's kind of like for me as a D3 nerd to play fantasy. I love doing that. Like, that's like really cool for me. So like to have that opportunity, I I really relish and enjoy that during training camp. Well, yeah, we're looking forward to, to seeing the roster in action. Uh, I'm pretty excited about some of the newcomers um, and, and some of the returners, certainly. Um, anything else just about the roster or your, your thoughts on it heading into uh, – uh, training camp, which is uh, what just over a week away, I think, at this point, as we're recording here on July third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's just, I think the the returners coming back, very excited to have them back. Obviously, um, otherwise we wouldn't be back. But um, the newcomers, you know, it's kind of like TBT for me is is 
like there are several seniors in this year's class that will be graduating that I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully coaching in the future um, that are already on our radar. And, and so, like, I think, like, the newcomers, I'm really excited because they're coming in with, um, you know, fresh perspectives, fresh experiences, um, and to get to coach that up close with some of these newbies is going to be pretty exciting. Like, for instance, I'm ex very excited to also coach, like, player we haven't even mentioned that's probably going to be, you know, a heavy hitter is Ty Nichols from Keene State. Um, and I think he had a great year at TBT last year, um, you know, with a, a team called Mental Toughness and performed well. He had a great year professionally. Um, so, like, I, I think just kind of blending all that together, um, getting an opportunity to obviously coach alongside Coach Harris from UMass Boston again, and David Clark, who's been a great friend of the, it's kind of like now become a part of the D3 family from Wichita um, out there. So like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having this group kind of mesh and kind of come together for, it's, it's really cool to see these professionals not only um, compete at a high level, but then they also utilize each other throughout the whole calendar year when they need help with professionally with agents or um, professional opportunities. And like you talked about earlier, like we are D3, like that's something that we do all year round talking to agents and teams and, and providing names for teams that might need to fill and just kind of, it's almost like I'm kind of uh, become like the intermediary, almost like a match.com, but for D3 basketball <laughs> players now, that's what I've become essentially. Uh, but but so like but it's I'm looking forward to kind of blending that talent together and um, seeing seeing what we can do um, come on uh, July 19th. Yes, you mentioned it with Ty Nichols there. We maybe we should have mentioned as we were going through the roster. So you have uh, you know just a, a few returners to the We Are D3 team, but in in that kind of new section we went through, you have do have some players who have TBT experience, just not you know, under your team in the past, right? Um, yeah. I know Ty Nichols is not the only one. What was there a couple others? Flory played before um, when he was fresh out of, uh, we went from Wisconsin, Stevens Point. Then he played at Albany, Albany. And then he played a year in TBT. So he's fresh out. Um, Josh Treadwell played for uh, a team called Mid-America United or Unity. Um, yeah, so a couple players. Um, and, and like, I think, like, kind of like having that cup of coffee, but played Division One types of stuff, professional. Um, another player, just to drop, name drop, is Demetrius Underwood. I think he's going to um, be uh, a very key piece. Um if he comes in ready to rock, uh, I feel like he could be um, kind of like an X factor type of player. Yeah, it's very exciting. Looking forward to seeing that against uh, against some big boys, or at least in, in terms of the name recognition. So you're an eight seed. We are D3 is the eight seed going up against a one seed Mass Street, the Kansas uh, alumni team. The game will be July 19th at 9 p.m. Um, you know, maybe a little bit later because I think there's a game earlier, right? So that has to get over. But you know, right about it 9 p.m. It sticks because of Elam ending. It sticks to that two-hour window. It's pretty strict. So like, it's it will probably be right around nine o'clock. Yeah, okay. East Coast time, yeah. 
Yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern, and it looks like uh, most of the first round games will be airing on ESPN+. Plus. Um, definitely, uh, I looked it up earlier today, uh, your game will be. Um, so uh, a couple other big names a, a lot for Mass Street there in the, uh, in the coaching chairs, the Morris brothers, Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris uh, will, be, will be coaching. So uh, you, you've got some big names to go up against there in the, the coaching uh, uh, you know, seats as well. I'm going to get him to sign a We Are D3 jersey. There nice, you go. Nice, story. Nice. So, true story. Uh, I got already um, Seth Curry, uh, no, Steph Curry, and uh, Clay Thompson signed a We Are D3 jersey, thanks to David Clark. So, now I'm going to get the when – we, when we advance, I'm going to do it like a jersey swap with yeah. the Morris brothers and get him to sign Sure, that. sure. Yeah. Perfect. You're going to take your polo off at uh, center court there and uh, swap I've thought it about them. it. I've thought about it. I'm definitely going to be representing a toothpick, but definitely maybe I'll take a, take off uh, the polo for sure. Hey, those some of those guys might want a jersey uh, swap because you guys have had some pretty sweet jerseys in the past. You have one behind you there. Um, the last couple have been kind of uh, th- throwbacks uh, to mm-hmm. some like 90s NBA All-Star yeah. uniform designs. And this one um, coming up, I took a look at it. It's pretty sweet. Um, the colors, they made the they made the decision to go more of like a Miami Vice feel, which I'm fine with. Like the okay. pink and the kind of light blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that might be our next gear thing. We might do the Miami writing with it. But, nice. uh, you know, I, I think the jersey will be coming out pretty, pretty sweet from what I see. Um, we're actually, I know you talked about the NIL collective that, that Kansas has. We're actually sponsored by no cap sports which actually is run by a d3 guy um nick lord who played at gettysburg who now runs nil for um certain companies so another d3 connection there we have our own okay. nil collective just a little bit smaller <laughs> <laughs> but yes. yeah university of kansas is uh one of the big boys let's just say that yeah they're getting cars and we're, we're lucky to, to get a micro machine so it's all good. <laughs> well, you guys will be able to prove it on the court this year. We're very excited. Um, we, we said last year, you know, wasn't the result you were hoping for. You played some really competitive games before that. I think like the Syracuse um, alumni team, you guys took right down to the wire. Um, that was a great game. I, you know, I'm feeling good about this year. I'm feeling good about the team you have. Um, so really going to be pulling for you. I think all of D3 world will be pulling for you, hoping you guys can get the win here in TBT. Uh, you're the under seed, but I think, um, I think your guys are gonna be able to come together and, and prove that D3 belongs in the conversation there. Thanks, man. And like, uh, as always, like you and Zach, uh, I, I love this podcast. I love the trading cards. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make a vibe for a trading card, but definitely like just a D3 jerseys swatch would be nice. But no, like I, I really appreciate you know all the support you guys you know you guys coming on the radar this over the last year and a half has been awesome, providing content throughout the summer, and obviously during the year. And I love talking with you guys on on D three hoops and and uh, it's just awesome like the family that we all have. Um, and I will be making plans to be in Fort Wayne because I really had a little bit of FOMO with you guys out there, and I saw you guys all together, and here I am in New York. I was like, I got to make it to Fort Wayne this year. So I will be there. That'll be awesome. Yeah. You know, any, anytime you can be in Fort Wayne, Indiana in March, you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> have to bucket list. <laughs> uh, no, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great time. Uh, so we're super pumped to hear that you'll be there looking forward to it. Uh, that's uh, always one of the highlights of our calendars. 
on the trading card front, all I'll say is keep your eyes peeled to future episodes. You never know. You never know. You might have good reason to be paying attention in, you know, here coming up, not, not too, uh, in, in not too uh, far future here. Um, I'm looking no forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's a great idea. I love it. I love it. I, I think you got to pull up some randoms. It's great. <laughs> All right. Well, he's Mike Raniak. Follow him on Twitter when Twitter's working at Coach Reg. And uh, hey, we're going to be looking forward to watching We Are D3 this summer and and uh, you know looking to uh, every guest spot you've got on Hoopsville and hearing from you throughout the season. Hopefully, uh, we can get you on the show. Uh, just dedicated uh, talking to talking some D3 hoops uh, during the season or something. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Been a blast. All right. Thanks good, a lot. Good job, We Are D3, and good job, team. <laughs>